Mac Jones is ripped. Matt Patricia is calling plays. The Celtics are title favorites. And The Ringer has a new Boston show. I'm Brian Barrett, host of Off the Pike, the show covering all things Boston sports. I'll have shows multiple times a week covering your favorite teams and with your favorite Ringer and local guests. Plus, maybe Bill will stop by to rant about the Sox. Follow Off the Pike with me, Brian Barrett, now on Spotify. It's the Full Goal, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every, that's right, every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC Pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. It's Chicago in the house. Let me hear you say yeah. Yo, you listening to the Full Go podcast with my man Jason Golf. It's your boy Dave Jeff. Holla at y'all. Much love. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. Welcome in to The Full Go, episode 254, I believe it is. Am I right, Chris? Am I right? Yeah, I think I'm right. Tony, I'm right? There it is. Yeah, welcome in to episode 254 of The Full Go podcast, brought to you by The Ringer, and of course, Spotify is the gang. My name is Jason Goff. Shout out to everybody out there peeping this on FanDuel TV. The local angle is where you are at. I'm sure you've already heard all the great things that New York and Philadelphia and, and, and everybody has to offer, and they're all talking about sports, right? We're all talking about the same things, you know, the games that make us emotional, make us, you know, upset, happy, sad, whatever the case may be. But uh, every once in a while and throughout my career and every once in a while on this pod, we try to delve into some of the things behind the curtain, some of this more serious topics, but have fun with them as well. Now, last pod, we talked a lot about Zion Williamson. And uh, I, I think I left that pod you know, letting y'all know, I think that he now is getting ready to take the NBA by storm for various reasons. But uh, in this situation, this hit a little bit closer to home. Um, last pod also, we talked about Tim Anderson and how his play has dipped precipitously in the last 365 calendar days. Now, he's dealt with injury. He's dealt with a whole bunch of things, right? New managers, uh, the situation just it hasn't been the best. And for a guy who was not only deemed a face, one of the faces of baseball, but the growing black face of baseball, which you know is a question and a conversation that we have a lot uh, around the sport of baseball, he was becoming that dude. And he did it with his own swag. He did it with his own flair, his own style. And he did it very quietly. And Tim Anderson is a dude who does not let a lot of people in at all. So when he sat down with Bomani Jones not too long ago to talk about the Josh Donaldson situation and just what has happened up until this point in his career and how the entire story had been made, a lot of people here in the city 
uh, were um, surprised because Tim does not let people in. And over this last year or so, there's been a lot of rumblings about other things that have been going on. And Tim Anderson went on the Pivot podcast, a podcast with Ryan Clark, uh, Channing Crowder, and of course, Fred Taylor. Uh, I have listened to a few episodes of those guys' work. I think they do a terrific job. I've seen a bunch of clips. Like We're all the same kind of consumers, unfortunately, these days where everybody's got a dope pod and then you tune into it for the second or third time. Be like, why am I not listening to more of this? Because you see all the clips all the time and you think that you've consumed everything that the conversation entails. But one of our producers on this pod, Tony Gill, threw into the group chat uh, the interview, the entire interview, and he also threw the IG uh, edited clips that the Shade Room and some other blog spots have picked up. Because Tim Anderson, not only being the face of Black baseball, has become one of those you know cultural figures in the community, uh, nationally. And it has been recognized over the last couple of years. And without knowing a whole lot about him, you know, he, he's gone about his business in a very business-like and professional way. He's talked about the game of baseball in ways that the gatekeepers don't like by saying, hey, he's bored a lot of the time. And, you know, he understands why people don't gravitate towards the game. And that's because that's why he thinks it's his responsibility to kind of spice this thing up. So when the stuff started to surface about not only Tim Anderson's marriage, but also his extramarital situations and then the the birth of a child outside of his marriage. You know, I've been fortunate enough to be in this city now for uh, 20, 19 years, two years in Atlanta, 19 years here, uh, covering a bunch of different athletes and knowing a bunch of stuff about a bunch of different athletes. And I've always tried to keep it as professional as possible and keep dudes personal stuff out of the game in terms of how I'm talking about them. Now, if your personal stuff starts to interfere with your play, there's certain ways you could talk around those things. But when an athlete comes out and addresses these things, first of all, it's very few and far between that it happens. Secondly, you don't really know why it's happening, right? Are you trying to tamp something down? Are you trying to, uh, you know, curry favor? Did you just need to talk? And when I saw this interview and saw what Ryan Clark was approaching, because talking about Tim's journey, you can't just start with this last year, obviously. Um, Some of the stuff that Tim Anderson touched on, and first of all, if y'all are expecting me to be yay or nay on someone having a child outside of their marriage or out, you know, out, out of wedlock, then that's not my, that's not uh, for me to judge, to be honest with you. Uh, obviously, it complicates situations for him, for his new family, because uh, that's what it is. <laughs> when you have a child out of wedlock, you have to take care of things as if you have another family now. And also for his wife, Bria, and his two daughters. That situation is going to be as complicated and as sticky and as difficult as it's going to be without uh, me passing judgment on it. And this is the other part of it, too. To listen to that man's story, once again, because I've known some of these things about Tim Anderson uh, in terms of his father being in jail and him talking about his pops and the, the, the conversations and bond that they didn't have because of the fact that he was in jail. Right. He, he, you know, he, he talks about his mom with reverence, but he was raised by his aunt and uncle. So imagine being a kid who at a very, very young age is now living with family members and um, living what he's what he deemed, you know, a, an OK life, but not having contact with your dad at all, really uh, outside of visits. And those being the pictures that you had, because he mentioned it in the interview that those are the pictures that he had. Uh, those are the pictures that he, you know, from his childhood pictures of him and his dad are usually with his dad being in prison. So, you know, the first thing that jumps off of me, uh, for me, when I saw and heard what Tim was talking about was, this is an old school dude. Like, Tim doesn't carry himself. He might be a new school dude when it comes to the dress and, the, you know, the, the fashion and all. Of, but this is a very old school cat. And this is a very old school Southern gentleman. You feel me? Like, it, it there's a, there is a, there is a, earnestness and the sincerity with which that he speaks when he doesn't say a whole lot of words. So when he does talk, 
you realize what you're getting and how he's trying to make it uh, come across for you. The thing that I took away from this entire thing and hearing Tim and actually seeing Tim over this last year or so, I think Tim is in an incredibly lonely place. An incredibly lonely place. And he's put himself there, right? <laughs> like, let's not get it twisted. He's put himself in that position, but he's also not asking for anybody's tears. He's not asking for anybody's help. He's not asking for anybody's hugs and love. And I think that's also an issue as well, because I think what you're seeing from Tim Anderson is a dude who was isolated on so many different levels, Right? He talks about Major League Baseball clubhouses and what you can and can't be and what you're not used to. Now, just think, at 19 years old, you get $2 million out of Tuscaloosa, Alabama, never having any money before. He mentioned that he went and got an iPad and, and, and some clothes were his first big purchases, right? Because he already had a couple of cars as a 19-year-old. He got one from his dad, and he had already saved up money and bought his own. So this, like, when you factor in all the things and the whys and the reasons, you know, I try to come at this sports thing from a humanistic side as much as I possibly can because I also, on a very, 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 very much smaller scale, you know, public L's are hard to take. They are very hard to take. And we watch these dudes and these ladies take public L's night in and night out. And that's professionally. But when you start bringing the personal stuff in there, like this is a different animal that this dude has been dealing with. And he has put himself, and I can't repeat it enough, he has put himself in this position. But to hear him talk about the, the relationship that he didn't have with his father, and then to hear him talk about what he wants to be for his son that he had out of wedlock, his son, Seven Anderson, um, all the mistakes that, that were made were right there in the nurturing portions of his life. So now we're watching a dude who we think, hey, face of baseball, face of black baseball, you know, dude is going to be a silver slugger for years to come. Led the league in batting two years ago. This dude is the talk of the South Side and is bringing back a, 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 um, a, a baseball kind of identity that has been long gone. Like, we act like baseball didn't have swag before. Like, fuck y'all talking about? I remember Eric Davis and Daryl Strawberry and Barry Bonds. You feel me? I remember Ozzy Smith. You feel me? Like, I remember dudes like that. Like, I like we, we walking around here like it's all been, you know, trucker hat fishing reels and shotgun racks that's not the case so when we watch Tim Anderson and I would implore you actually to go check out that that pod the pivot even though it's not a ringer pod right check out the the ringer folks first but I would implore y'all if you're a White Sox fan to go check out that podcast and learn a little bit more about this dude and you don't have to agree or disagree with anything but from the humanistic side you know we always see these struggles and we see numbers that take dips and we see numbers that soar and we don't know why it's happening you have bad days and good days at work you have bad years bad months bad you know, careers and then move on to a new job. I think there's so much going on with this dude right now that at last pod before I heard all these things that he had to say, I said that maybe a change of scenery would probably be best for him, you know, and I want him to be a White Sox for as long as he possibly can be. But to hear the situations and to hear all these things, it kind of puts it into a different perspective. Not only what has been happening to him, but a dude that hasn't let a lot of people in. So I hope he continues to let people in. I hope he continues to seek therapy and situates himself as best as he possibly can. Ryan Clark talked to him about mending trust and talking about love and all those good things that we hate talking about when it comes to being macho men in sports. But I'll tell you this, man, when you when you when you figure out what some of these backstories are and then you can trace the steps to where they actually end up, it makes it a lot easier. It makes it a lot more digestible, a lot more manageable, I think, as a fan. So you might not do any of that, but if you if you choose to do so, I think you'd be helping yourself out, not only as a White Sox fan, but also as a human to figure out some of the pressures and stresses that these dudes are under and also put themselves through. So that's the local angle from the Chicago side of things. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We do this thing every Sunday, every Tuesday, every Thursday, right here on the Full Go Podcast, brought to you by The Ringer, and of course, Spotify is the gang. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's up to $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Full Go to join today. 
the bets I like going forward, especially during this Dodgers-White Sox series, is Andrew Vaughn. I think Andrew Vaughn is right about on time, on schedule, to make some hay. Andrew Vaughn so far this year has hit safely in 68.8% of his 64 games this season with multiple hits in 20.3% of those games. So I think Andrew Vaughn is about to get back on track and he's going to do it against the Dodgers this week in this series. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash F-U-L-L-G-O. That's FanDuel.com slash FullGo to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit TheRinger.com slash RG. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Yeah, man, just sitting there, just sitting there watching him um, and the way that he responded to a lot of things. You know, it's just that dude. And I'm glad he's talking to somebody about it because seemingly from the way that he's grown up and been taught to keep shit inside and taught how to move. Like, I find it. I find it coming out all the time in my therapy sessions about like the battles that I have um, with the way, like the men who raised me, but also the man that I know I am at, you know, at heart and him talking about, um, he would say little things like I wanted to be around my dad 24 seven and then wouldn't elaborate on it. And then they would keep on moving away. And it's like, yeah, that's the reason why, like, you know, he didn't, that kind of um, that kind of loss of connection is, you know, is unmanageable. So you sitting there in somebody else's home, you know, being their kid, but not really their kid, you know, like, you know, the things that you go through as a child. And then all of a sudden you, you're super talented at something. So now you're getting treated differently. You probably, you know, the development and growth place that need to form ain't doing what they're supposed to do, but you're quiet. And your old school dude and you reserve some people probably not checking it, right? And then you get to the big time and things are, you know, appealing. I both said something the other day that was fucking great, man. He was talking about um oh yeah, he's talking about the baby gronk thing when he's like, um, you know, you know, uh about childhoods. Like they're gonna happen either way. You can either have them early or you can either have them later, but if they get, you know, they're going to happen either way. So if you stifle them, you know, at some point, you're still going to be living out that childhood. And I think with a lot of connections and a lot of the relationships we have, especially as black men, um, like that, and I, I, shit, I am admitting this, that childish way of looking at things when it comes to relationships and how disposable they can be, um, how all right you going to be without somebody. You know what I mean? Like thinking that way um, because we've been kind of forced to, you know, that shit is not healthy. And then when we grow up, we fucking run into somebody we do care about, but it's like, oh, well, shit, they're going to be there, you know, or it's disposable. And now you, and then you see, you put yourself in that position, right? Like that's tough. And on top of it, like <laughs> that's tough having to deal with that shit in private. I don't think people understand like, the things you can't engage in when you're in the public eye, like the shit that you just, you know, like for, for two and a half years now, like I have been going through it with this custody case. I'm, I know I'm a great dad, but you know, <laughs> I, the emotions are getting the best of this situation. Right. So I'm fighting my ass off every single day to try to get more time with my kid. And I got to go and do shows. I got to be front facing on TV and I got to make sure that I don't engage in any bullshit on, on the internet, (laughs) no emotional shit on the internet. I got to make sure that I'm not, you know what I mean? Like all these things, Uh, having to deal with that publicly. Yeah. your, Your lady, anytime this woman tweets anything or says anything, your lady now has to deal with it. And your family now has to deal with that. That shit is that shit is a burden that I wouldn't wish on any family or any man or any woman. 
because the motherfuckers outside your house don't care about your house. So anytime that house is looking like it's a little flammable, yeah, they trying to set that bitch ablaze. Sanely, I don't know how you make it. Like every time I step into therapy, the first thing I say is everything is cool. 56 minutes later, I'm talking about shit that I have not thought of in years, decades, right? Imagine having to deal with that and then also having an extremely highly stressful gig where you have to be the best (laughs) and have to be on point at all times just to, you know, go three for 10 in a series. Man, that, that dude... You know, you Jason, you talk about the positives and the negatives that Michael Jordan brought to basketball, and thus what he brought uh, to sports. Um, and I think one of those negatives was the ability to overcome um, or generate any difficulty or any circumstance, um, and then overcome that to be great on the field of play. Um, And now that Jordan is a standard for all sport, we expect our athletes to, hey, man, I don't care what you're dealing with at the crib. Don't bring it in here. I'm going to need your A game every time, every time we see you. Fans come out to see you. You know, we pay the... From management, oh, we shit. pay, not just, we not pay just, you the not money. Just yeah, yeah, right, shit. right. At, at any but, game uh, now. Uh, under the framework of what Tim Tim is and what he what he represents, that's one individual crazy person in in that is Michael Jordan, right? Like, and Kobe Bryant. I, I will add Kobe to that to that uh, uh, in that vein. That most people are going to bring what their real life is with them to their job. And it's going to affect them, especially if it's, um, I'm not going to say negative, but more stressful. Strenuous. Right. Hmm. It's going to impact what they do at work. Everybody has that example. I have that example. When stuff is not going right in my home, it affects me when I go to work. It does. And it's tough to hide it. I may crack a smile. I may say a joke, but I'm not focused. I'm not in there. I'm not, whenever we, you know, if we record something, I am, I am not thinking about that because my real life stuff is happening and it does affect performance and it does do that. So when Tim is, when he goes to the pivot and I don't know if Tim is going to therapy or not, but he said it he felt was. like, yeah. he said this, he is. Okay. It, it felt like he, this was cathartic for Tim to come out and finally address the things that are impacting his life, that he is, again, not the, the, the adding of a kid is struggling, but his situation and around his situation uh, and how he got here. And I think I saw a clip that was uh, uh, what Tim was like, um, going to therapy and real figuring out why am I making these decisions that I am? Yeah. And everybody has to come to grips with that. I 100%. remember, um, my wife, she's a therapist. She, and I, and I love her to death for this. She challenges me to ask myself real questions on why I do the things that I do, because my decisions are now impacting her. And for Tim, that, for everybody, that has to be scary. That that was scary yeah. for me. Like asking truly myself, thinking I'm a good guy. I can do this. I've been dope my whole <laughs> life. Like I can, I, I figure this stuff out. And that's not the case when you, when you have other people depending on you in the way a wife uh, or children depend on you. Right. And that's gotta be stressful. I realize it now as a, as an upcoming father, as a husband. Now those things affect you and, and, and for Tim to come out and, and finally talk about it. And for Ryan Clark to understand that in the way that he asked those questions on, on the podcast, I thought it was extremely interesting and, a, and an inside uh, look into the minds of, of, of athletes and what they have to, and what we're asking of them to compartmentalize to do to entertain us. No man, you hey listen, you spot on. And don't um don't think it's by 
chance that Tim Anderson has done this with black men too. Like, you Safe know, space. whether it be Bomani Jones or uh, Ryan Clark, Channing Crowder, or Fred Taylor, you know, I mean, the the relatability factor I have I've long said is um, something that is undeniable. You know, when, <clears throat> you know, I see, I see the way athletes get covered. And then I see when athletes are free in themselves. And I always wonder if the people covering these athletes understand that you can get a whole lot more out of them if you just, the frame of reference is life. You know, like if your frame of reference is different, then you'll be able to connect with other people. I'll never forget, and I talk about this all the time, you know, being in a um, uh, a media session with Derek and six microphones all around and everybody's asking him questions. And, you know, Derek, Derek, it's Derek's social anxiety for, and I'm not a doctor or whatever the case, but I mean, he was dripping with it. Like Derek in front of media would, would, would be thinking of the, not only the right thing to say, but how to say it. And the anxiety, I think, w- would build up. Now you hear and see Derek, and you're like, oh, shit. You know, this is, this is a comfortable dude. But I remember being in those media scrums. And one time when Simeon was playing Evanston, you know, we, everybody's microphones, anything go down. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's walking away. And he, he goes, he looks at me and he goes, you know, we're going to kick y'all ass though, right? And I, I was laughing because they had Jabari Parker. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. You got <laughs> you got the number two talent in all of the country. Some people say the number one. And you got eventually was going to be the number two pick in the draft three years from now. I would hope that he could be a bunch of advanced placement students. I would hope that that would be the case. Uh, but, you know, the everything just came down, right? That just that that feeling of, huh, I could just be. I could just talk. And I think that when you see Tim Anderson in that sport, being who he is, like, you know, ego and energy needs to get fed too. Like, let's face it, you brought up your wife. Dog, we are in these relationships because we love these men. We love these women. We love these people around us. But we're also in this because those people feed us. Those people give us the energy to keep going. Those people feed some sometimes and they don't even know when they're doing it, but they feed our ego sometimes. Like, yeah, I did that shit for that person. I'm the man. You know what I mean? Like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm handling my business, right? Who can you look to your left or right in a major league clubhouse and say, that person knows how to feed my energy or feed my ego or that person relates to me? If you're Tim Anderson, right? If you're Key Brian Hayes, right? If you're Jazz Chisholm, Okay, so not only are you isolated in a in a section of society where you have achieved at a level that this dude, this dude played baseball because he was nice, end up being a top 20 pick. You know what I mean? Like that that shit doesn't happen. So when you start to filter out all the all the um, the things that make you comfortable in a very uncomfortable circumstance, I'm not saying that Tim Anderson is justified or, listen, Tim Anderson messed his situation up and he's going to have to get it back together now. You know what I mean? He's going to have to make that family thing work. And I wouldn't have spoke on this had he not. Because, you know, I, I I don't find it sexy. I don't find it as interesting as other people do. But when he does speak on it, I find the other stuff important and interesting as well. Like, what what happened to get to this point? And it's not just, you know, we know about athletes. We know about athletes out here doing what they're doing and the Zion Williamson thing we talked about the other day. But when you actually delve into something and you start to kind of brick by brick take apart, like, okay, this is why this is happening or this is why this is happening. And then the relatability factor comes in there where it's like, come on, man. Like you mentioned how, you know, you know, there are times where you are not there. Right. When, when stuff ain't right at the crib, let me tell you something right now. And I don't know if this is the sociopath in me or whatever. The best work that I have ever done in my life has been when shit has been the worst and nobody knew. No one could tell. No one was like, oh, you know, let's check on Jay. He over there kicking ass, you know. 
So just imagine having the Tim Anderson situation where, you know, you know the kind of dude you're going to be. You're having a son. You know what your situation was with your father. You know what that did to you. This son is out of wedlock. Now I got to manage this situation. I got a woman that's holding me down. Like Bria Anderson. Yo, <laughs> Bria and and then people, uh, you know, she's stupid. And she, nah, man, y'all speaking from a frame of reference matters. Frame of reference matters. That woman is fighting for her family. Y'all can say whatever y'all want about it. It don't make you tough. It don't make you weak. She's doing what she needs to do. That's what she wants to do. So, you know, I, I wish the best for them. I truly do. Because taking public L's, like I said, on a very, very small, small, minor, minor scale, that shit is not fun. It's not fun. And the people that don't care about you are only a tweet or a Facebook post away. You feel me? So uh, I, I wish the best for that dude, um, whether he's going to be a White Sox after this trade deadline or not, <laughs> because he in it for he in it for the long haul, man. In it for long, and I'm not one of these corny ass motherfuckers that like to see people struggle just so we can get some. I don't need that shit for the pop. I don't need that shit for ratings. I don't need that shit for clicks and views. It, you know, I, I talk about what interests me, and most of this shit be boring. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Like if y'all want to be chatty patties talking about, you know, this one's doing this and this one's doing that, man, stop playing. Y'all want to watch one Blackhawks game if y'all were worried about that. Like, let's keep it funky. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff after a word from our sponsors. What up, world? It's Vic Spencer, and you're listening to the full goal with Jason Goff presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Man, oh. What are you? What are, what are our addictions? We have been working together all this time, and we have not really jumped into the shit that's important, huh? I hope this ain't on the local angle. But if it is, hey, bring on all the viewers and subscribers we can get. But yeah, fellas, let's get into it. Ha- happy almost July, where there's nothing going on. <laughs> what are your addictions? <laughs> I'll go first. Hi, my name is Jason, and I'm addicted to being as efficient as possible, which means doing as little as possible, but it's getting as much done as possible. And also, I'm addicted to Call of Duty. What else am I addicted? Oh, I'm addicted to uh, peanut butter M&Ms now. You you can't keep a bag of those in the house. And I noticed Mariano's down the street know what the fuck's going on. All of a sudden, it went from $7.99 a bag to like $9.99 a bag. (laughs) I'm like, oh, y'all, y'all see me coming in here twice they, a week for these. That's it's, what it it's, is. It's probably That's not you is. specifically. They just saw the numbers tick up on on this one flavor right. of M&M's. Because like, of me. Hey, let's, let's, because hey, of me. supply and demand, baby. Let's go. <laughs> you already know. You already know. Like, let's be real about it. We see LeBron James pushing flaming uh, hot uh, cheddar Ruffles. chips, right? Yeah. It's like. Yeah, Ruffles, right? I mean, I didn't want to give him no free play, but Tony, do your thing. Any other slogans? Any, to, Tony about to go into every commercial ever. <laughs> <laughs> whopper, Whopper, Whopper. That song's fire, bro. <laughs> no, but, I love that it song. It really is. <laughs> it really is. So they, are, they are indoctrinating our kids into <laughs> early diabetes very, very <laughs> slyly. Like... You already know what it is, but oh my God, what else? What, what, what were we talking about? See, I, I got I lost track that quick. Oh, there it is. <laughs> well, <laughs> let me speak on my second one then. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> oh Lord, uh, what else am I addicted to? Um, hmm, documentaries now, docu series. Mm. I I love a good docu series. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> Four white people in Arkansas murder a whole family. I want to know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it, and it gets. Oh my God! Did I tell y'all to watch the Curious Case of Natalia Grace? No, I don't even have I it. instructed. Listen, listen. I have never assigned homework for people that I work with ever in my life. I used to work with a host who did this. And I worked with a host who was like, if you didn't watch Caddyshack, then he didn't know if you can do his show. And I was like, oh, there it is. Well, <laughs> let me not apply. <laughs> I know what that's a filter for. You feel me? <laughs> and also, no Timberland sagging pants or do-rags on my shows as well. <laughs> but, but seriously, though, Doug, the curious case of Natalia Grace is probably probably the most frightening, odd, 
funny. And I know, you know, shout out to Jason's deleted tweets because I watched the first two hours of this thing and I was laughing my ass off and I tweeted while vibing like, this shit is funny as hell. Y'all should check it out. And like the next four episodes of it was some of the darkest, most Mm. awful shit I have ever watched on television. I was like, all right, that might not age well. Let me go ahead and take that (laughs) off of here. But I will I will just give y'all these foundational pieces on why y'all should watch this documentary. Little persons, um, human trafficking, uh, attempted murder, um, uh, uh, fluidity. (laughs) Um, What else is in there? Oh, my God. Uh, Damsel in Distress, Blonde White Woman, which is always a hit. Mm. (laughs) Always a bestseller. (laughs) You feel me? (laughs) Dog, (laughs) let me, like, I have seen so many things on television that have disturbed me, okay? Absolutely disturbed me. But usually they disturb me, and I was like, man, I shouldn't have watched that, so I got what I deserve. This is something that they're putting on Netflix for everyone to see. So much so that I sat down and watched this with my fiance, and then afterwards she was like, hey, I want to watch the other one on it, which I don't ever get. Like, if I see a documentary done one way one time, Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right. Like, I saw the Fire Festival, and I was like, I don't need to see the other one. Right? Like, people got jerked. <laughs> like, y'all ain't gonna make these sandwiches look any different in this other one, right? And if anything, I'm always afraid that I'm about to get let down. Like, I watch the good one, and then you get let down and have to divulge all that time. But it it is scary. Because the entire, like, there's no, it's like succession, but in real life, where there's no redeemable character in the movie at all, mm-hmm. or in the documentary at all. Like, you're sitting there, and mm, spoiler alert for everybody who, you know, is watching Succession out here. Uh, I haven't finished it yet, but, you know, I think everybody's caught up and knows where they should be or kind of should be. Yo, you find yourself in certain parts, especially in the major scene, was it four, season four, episode three or so, or succession, where you start to feel bad for the people that you've hated this entire ride, mm-hmm. right? Like, you're like, damn, they still are human, right? But you're like, ah, oh, but they're bad fucking humans. But still, <laughs> human shit is happening and human emotion is being ripped from you. And you're like, wait a minute, why do I have to be this complex as a person? Why can't I just hate someone? Absolutely. It's like, because you're not a dummy nor a child. That's why that can't happen, right? Dog, I watched this documentary and I swear to you, the entire time, first of all, the first hour and a half, I was laughing because I was so uh, uncomfortable with everything that was going on. Everything that was going on. Like, I'll give you a little bit of it. Um, a family who is doing well uh, adopts a young um, young girl from the Eastern Bloc of Europe, and um, uh, she is a she is uh, afflicted with dwarfism, and she's got a very special case of it. Very very special case of it. Like thirty five hundred people in the world have it in terms of what's going on with her. Um, they take her home because the people who like gave her up, because this is like her multiple adoptions lap. She's now what, five, four years old. And she's already been through a few families' hands. The people that gave her up just left. They didn't say why they just dropped her off. And these people pull up to this strip mall kind of vibe and think this isn't an adoption agency, but okay, we're here to get a kid. They sit down and get the kid. The kid doesn't speak for the first four days. The first four days, the kid says not a word. (laughs) The first shower or bath they give this baby, they notice uh, pubic hair. That's the correct response, gentlemen. And and from that point on, (laughs) hilarity ensues in my view. I'm sorry. I like I have seen too much and been through too much in life where I'm, you know, my tears, they earn these days. Right. So when I see some shit and y'all making a documentary about it and everybody's like alive. Oh, yeah. I'm laughing my ass off. (laughs) Y'all went and adopted a grown up. (laughs) And that's when things take a turn. And then the the next six hours of y'all time is y'all going to be questioning um, who you believe, what you believe, if you believe yourself. Are you a bad person for doing the things that you did earlier in this this show? Like, dog, it is, we don't need writers anymore. 
(laughs) And shout out to all the writers. We do need writers. I'm saying that in jest, but like, all you got to do, and unfortunately, this is what TV heads know, all you got to do is turn somebody's phone on. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> or just take a camera to somebody's crib. And it's all happening in America's armpit, ladies and gentlemen, the great state of Indiana. <laughs> like, 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 this shit is happening two counties away. All right? So I'm sitting there like, God damn, like, I might run into these people sometime. Like, it's, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. But check it out if you get a chance. The Curious Case of Natalia Grace, I think her name was. And uh, yeah, it's wild. Because you start to feel bad for each each person in this thing. And by the way, it's like when The Simpsons first came on, people didn't know who like the main character should be or would be. And then by the time the evolution really started commercially, it was Bart. But to me, Homer was the main character the entire time. Like <laughs> The main character is supposed to be this young lady slash girl slash woman. By the way... These people, oh, I don't want to give too much of this away. Uh, no, I won't give it away. But the main character is the husband. <laughs> the moment y'all see this dude, like the same things you were asking me in the side chat about uh, a certain uh, contestant. Uh, oh, not contestant. Um, member of the cast of Married at First Sight. Mm-hmm. Remember what you asked me on the side yep. tone? Yep. Oh, Doc. The, the moment you see this husband, oh, it is amazing. It's amazing. Oh my god! I hope I did it justice. I hope. I hope you all go watch it though. I truly hope y'all go watch it. Time for some commercials. Hey, this is Lance Briggs. You're listening to the Full Go with Jason Goff. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I have the distinct honor and pleasure of having on this show uh, people that we really rock with on this show. And sometimes we get the chance to talk to them for the first time. Sometimes it's the 10th, 15th time. This is the first conversation that I will be having with the the iconic Dave Jeff. Dave Jeff is a, a, a brand curator. He is an entrepreneur. He is the part of the fabric of this city's uh, not just black culture, hip hop culture, but community. Period. Uh, Dave Jeff joining us here on the Full Go Podcast. What up, Dave? What up, Jay? What up, Chris? What up, G? What up, y'all? Look, look, look. Thank you, thank you for that one, Jay. You, you, you <laughs> yeah, no, no, don't, don't worry about it, man. I'm gonna send you the invoice. I'm gonna send you the invoice. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, so before we even get to this important weekend. Very important weekend in the city of Chicago. I want people who don't know who Dave Jeff is to get a get a little bit of you know the flavor of how this has come about because Hyde Park Summerfest now is a national thing. It is not just something that we know about and we keep to ourselves, a little block yeah. party over there. No, it's it's a national thing now. So tell me where this began for you in terms of your brand stuff, in terms of mm-hmm. the city, and not only your love for the city, but the, the love mm-hmm. that the city has for you. I don't hear any bad words about Dave Jeff out here. You, uh, I caught wind during the Puma campaign a few years back and uh, the Fly brand that, that uh, you know, people in this city who you know, if you see them rocking the Fly, it's like, okay, you, you, you're, you, you're, you're a real head. Right. Yeah, you're a real head. Yeah. So tell people a little bit about yourself and, and what you got going on this weekend. Well, I mean, man, uh, my, talking about myself, Pop, I'm, I'm originally like the sneakerhead sneakerhead, right? Um, just involved with Sneakers Heavy, man, like uh, was the host and MC for a national tour called Sneaker Pimps for like 10 years, right? So I was able mm-hmm. to, you know, travel the country, move around, uh, uh, garnish these relationships with a lot of... Uh, Big talent that's big, real big now, but in their infancies, like the J. Coles, the the Clips, uh, a little bit of everybody. I can say, Pop, I probably brought everybody on stage except Jay Z and 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 Jay, except Jay Z and Kanye, who I've actually like actually like, yo, coming to the stage, you know, whatever, whatever. right, 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 right. Um, uh, and and in doing that, Pop, this is where I, the the Fly brand, you know, just came up. So the the brand is P H L I. It's backwards for I Love High Park. So when um, I had my first store, it was in Harper's Court. We used to do these things um, called the the fly block parties, right? And the fly block parties were 
just catching everybody, um, like I say, early. Like we had Ye out there performing, the Keeps Murray's, the Just Blazes uh, spinning, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Two out there, rest in peace to my brother Timmy um, and oh, all that. But um, Jonathan Swain. So then we come now to the Hot Park. It wasn't the Summerfest. It was called the the Brewfest. But even before mm-hmm. Brewfest, it was just like an October night. Uh, Swain and his family have, has owned uh, Kimbark Beverage. It's a liquor store in shout Hot Park. Shout out to Kimbark. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Kimbark. Uh, for like many, many years. I think it goes back to like damn near the 80s, right? Or whatever. But Jonathan has taken it over in the last like 10, 15 years, whatever. Jonathan um, was at some um, liquor event up north and saw a whole bunch of Southside people up north. So in his mind, he's like, yo, like, man, uh, why y'all coming up here? And he's like, you know, they coming up here for, you know, the craft beer stuff, the liquor stuff. So in his mind, he thought like, well, man, uh, why can't we just do this on the South Side? And so he did it. um, I think. Uh, the first one was like uh, an Oktoberfest or something like that. But we know Chicago, mm-hmm. Oktoberfest could could be the, the Winterfest. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In Chicago. <laughs> and so I think he did it and it was like the coldest day of the year. So it, it uh, I, I would never say it was a flop, but it just wasn't what it was supposed to be at the time. So um, as we know, what is the the uh, the uh, the word for the year, uh, the word for the last two years uh, pivot. So he pivoted, um, <laughs> and yeah. changed from Oktoberfest and changed it to a summer date. When he changed it to a summer date, uh, whatever we did it in the park, he, he changed to a summer date, got up with me, contacted me, brought me on like, yo pop, you know, I want to do this when I want you to help me push this, you know, you know, uh, uh, use your relationships basically for the talent, you know, things like that. And so we grew that thing from, 500 people in the parking lot uh, across the street from the neighborhood club on 55th to it got bigger and bigger and bigger to 2019. Jay, we had uh, over 40,000 people on 53rd. You know what I'm saying? Yes, you did. So, man, that 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 was that right there was just amazing. Uh, we took off the two years because of COVID, and then we came back uh, 2022 um, as the High Park Summerfest. So we went from the hot. We went from the parking lot to a street fest to a real ticketed music festival uh, there. And so 2022 was the first year. And then now here we are, 2023, and it's going down this weekend. That's, that's yes. I mean, I don't even know what to say no more. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, 2019, mm-hmm. we were just talking about it at, uh, in, the, in the lobby. 2019, uh, I was out there. My little guy was out there at the time. He was two, mm-hmm. three years old. So it was me pushing a stroll through all those 40,000 people and seeing a whole bunch of uh, ghosts of Christmas past, like I mentioned oh, before, yeah, yeah, and yeah. saying, okay, this is this is where they at, yeah. right? And it, and it was a good time, great time, came off without a hitch. You know, everybody talks shit about Chicago and talks shit about the yep. South Side, but I'm going to tell you, people over there getting too much money and having too good a life and having too good a time <laughs> to mess around and, and, and involve mm-hmm. themselves in any skirmishes. So 2022... I was at my sister's wedding in Belize and I was looking at all the pictures on Instagram and enjoying myself in Belize, right? Back home, hanging out with the family, but like, man... I can't wait until next year. Like, damn, I wish I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah. So now, fast forward, 2023, and I'm looking at this this list that y'all got going on here, my man. Like, Saturday is crazy. Saturday is absolutely yeah. nuts, right? And I, that's the day I'm going to be out there for sure on Saturday. But then okay. you, look, you look at Saturday and then you look at Sunday. You mentioned Sunday, the clips. Right? You mentioned right. the clips, right? Right. We don't see the clips together. I mean, Malice, obviously, and, and, and Push, you know, brothers forever. You know, they, I'm blood, sure blood, they, 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 their relationship, the yeah, blood relationship. Yeah. But... Yeah. The music side of this, like the clips to me, you know, I love and I don't care how anybody feels about it. I love cocaine rap. I grew up on it and I will never, ever expel it from my system. I don't give a shit how anybody feels about it. You can you can talk to your mama about it. Okay, so when I saw the fact that the clips would be performing at the Hyde Park Summerfest, I said to myself, man, 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 that man, Dave Jeffin and boys getting a whole bunch of money. Like, tell me about this lineup Saturday and Sunday, man. Well, no, I mean, this talking on on, on the clips piece pop like, you know, uh, uh, T T and uh, and Gene. Uh, like friends, you know what I'm saying? Like family, like I said, doing sneaker pimps, 
used to be with these guys like over and over, uh, uh, you know, and, and just build the thing. They kind of, um, I, I don't want to say disbanded. Uh, Gene just was on another page. You know what I'm saying? He was on another page. He, uh, uh, he found the, the the Lord in in in, in a way, and and he just kind of just stepped away from what what we just called, you know, or what we talked about about the cocaine rap. I mean, I, I feel you too, Jay. It's just something about like, man, it just they do oh, no, it the no, best. I'm not, hey, I don't know where the line is to apologize, but I ain't in it. I, I, I right, can watch right. whatever movies <laughs> right, y'all right, want to watch, but I know which music I'm gonna listen to. <laughs> and <laughs> I I I, sh- I shan't apologize either. You know what I'm saying? I'm with you, man. <laughs> But, uh, but that was always like a vision of mine, Pop. Like even when we were on Fifty Third, and Fifty Third being the street festival, and um, insurance wise, we really couldn't have like the live performance type thing outside of the DJ. So this is why it was always heavily stacked. And you know, with those relationships with the Jeffs and the D Nice and uh, Terry Hunter, uh, rest in peace, Biz, and and all those yeah. things. That's that's what that that's what that was. But it was always a vision. Like, yo, I would love to have pushing and I would love for the clips or this to be on 53rd. And so when we had the the opportunity uh, this year to to do it and just uh, the, uh, myself and the team just were kind of put names on the board or whatever, uh, reached out to push and then push uh, just presented the whole clips thing to us. And we went with the thing. We went with the clips thing like that. And uh, our PR team just went crazy with it. And I mean, you guys know, you guys are in media, you know, and know these things too. Pop, that was all over the place when we first dropped it. Like, I think yeah. um, however they they added up or whatever like this, like all the hits and everything that it got was like, it was almost like we would have spent like an $8 million spin or something like that on how many impressions and everything got back because, you know, the culture wants to see that. The the culture wants to see the 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 clips and boom support this black festival in 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 High Park in this neighborhood in Chicago. Um, so we have the clips, Pop. We have two chains. Um, yeah. One of our uh, one uh, one of our partners is into Afrobeat, so we we got into uh, Oxlade and um, yeah. of course we have Grammy nominated uh, a super house DJ producer, my big brother Terry Hunter. You know what I'm saying, Terry Hunter. Uh, Jay Jay Ellis performing uh, on Saturday. We have uh, Alex Isley. Like for y'all, that's that's not. I, I forgot who, which one of the Isley brothers is her dad. I think the dude that played the guitar was he. That's Ernie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that's, that's still in the band. Yeah, yeah. The one, <laughs> the, the one, one that didn't kick out. <laughs> that's the one with the hair, right? That's the one with the hair, right? Right, right. Uh, but, but, but she, she has a, she has this, this, this great show, man. We got Jay Ella killing it on, on hey, two. From my money, boom. from my money, the best DJ in the city of Chicago. My man Jay Illa takes you Jay on a musical ride like none other. That dude, for, for my money, that dude and, Jay, and the crowd that he uh, brings out is amazing. So Jay, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna just say this as we go into the next the the, the, the uh, on the next day though. But I feel you, and this is an arguable thing. Like Jay kills it, right? But uh-huh. last year, Jay, when you were in Belize, when you were in Belize, uh-uh. do you know mm-hmm. who lost a mother freaking mind? Boom master. Oh, lost no, 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 Moose, Moose, Moose. That's how I didn't even get to Moose, but I'm just saying, Bulu Master lost his freaking mind. Pop, y'all, Chris, go to listen. The man had on a t-shirt, right? He took the t-shirt off, had on the Dago T. I'm gonna say Dago T. We ain't gonna say white beaters, but y'all understand what I'm saying. He had on the Chris Jason. He had on the black Dago T, right? The man put on an orange headband like he was like Chris Rebber back in the world. Who, who, who wear the headbands, rock the headbands real heavy in the league? Like, that's what he had. Oh, he had an oh, orange headband on. No, no, better yet. What's the old movie? With the what, no, what's the, what's, yes, old school LeBron, but what's the movie with the, with the white boy, uh, uh, with the Pelicans and, and it was Andre 3000? Uh, what movie was that? Hmm. With the uh, Pelicans and Andre 3000, the Italian job. Who, who, who's the white boy who was the anchor man? Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Will F- oh, you talking about uh, uh, the, the, the basketball, basketball semi-pro. Semi-pro. Semi-pro, semi-pro. yeah. Bulu Master turned semi-pro. He took his shirt off, had on a black white beater, 
had the orange headband on. Look, and the wristbands, y'all, and the wristbands, and the orange wristbands. Jay Chris, look, Jay, look, he he went like he went into a zone. See, this like Tony kind, this Tony kind of party right now. That's why Tony's sitting in the cut. Like, all right, I might, I might. If you can do that, if you pants. can do this and do what he was doing, oh my goodness. So I just say, arguably, he kind of, he kind of, he kind of, he kind of be. He got to beat Illa last year. You know what I'm saying? So, mm. but then, okay, now we're talking about Sunday. We're talking about Sunday on the fest, right? So, June 18th. Uh, man, we're going to take everybody man. to church. We're going to take everybody to church. We're going to open it up with uh, 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 Jonathan McReynolds. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Then we go mm. um, after Jonathan McReynolds. Um, then myself and Mustafa, like we're curating this ode to hip hop because, you know, if y'all take it back to the Grammys and they did the the Grammy um, old hip hop, mm-hmm. we had no Chicago representation. You know what I'm saying? It had no nobody Chicago was rep- represented um, in it. So we're gonna do it in, in in our way. And so in that old to hip hop or whatever, we have Shauna, we have Crucial Conflict, we have Do or Die, we have Twister, then we have Twister. the young boy. Right, we have the young boy Vic Mensa. You know what I'm saying? Vic, hey, Mensa. Vic was just on the show what six seven episodes ago. So shout out oh, okay. to Vic. Yeah, that's, new that's, song. That's, yeah, yeah. That's that's little bro. So that's that's how that's gonna go. Then after that, pop, we got Robert Glasper. We got Robert Glasper with Layla Happy. Look, with yeah, Layla Happy. Say nothing else. Okay, but we still going up. We still we still gonna keep going up. <laughs> we still gonna keep going. We got uh, Jay is spinning. Jay is spinning again. But then we go Toby Anigwe. Uh, uh, Toby, right? Toby, then we have the Queen mm-hmm. B. Mm-hmm. Then we got Queen B. We got Lil Kim snapping out the hardcore Benjamins, all that crazy shit. You know what I'm saying? And then we were able to um just on the grounds do multiple stages. So on other stages, we have a straight DJ stage with all the dope local DJs, you know, from everybody from Kid Clay to uh the Ty Hill experience to DJ BG to uh man, um no Siki, uh no no uh protege man we can keep going but then Sorry, on the trade generation stage the the other the other big stage or whatever we have uh lola brooke uh the the shorty the little short rapper yeah don't, don't play with don't, it yeah don't, don't play, play with don't it play don't play with it yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, uh, oh y'all getting uh, older <laughs> y'all, y'all gonna have the ratchets out there let's get it <laughs> we need the rats we need the rats young and old young and old <laughs> where the rats where the rats <laughs> yeah then shorty shorty's coming with her performing with her uh two <sighs> Uh, 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 Cali is as her name. You know the, the different mm-hmm. holes and different area codes and all mm-hmm. of that. So yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, Pop, it's it's going down, it's going down, it's going down. And, and, and I ain't named everybody. We got Omen. You know, you know from Dreamville. He from Chicago. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a lot going on, man. It's a lot going on. Ladies and gentlemen, that was just a two and a half, three minute run to let you know that these motherfuckers are getting too much money. That is what that was. I hope y'all understand. All the names that just dropped. <laughs> Look, you, you said it, I did. <laughs> oh, Lord. Hey, by the way, uh, Sunday, fellas, that is Father's Day. That is your chance to say, fuck them kids and come on out to the High Park Summerfest or bring your kids. You know, just make sure that they have someone to go back home with because it's going to be a it's going to be a good time out there, man. It's, it's going to be a good, good time. time. So tell people if they haven't already gotten uh, themselves situated, how they can get tickets, what the ticket and entry situation is looking like this year, because y'all getting so much money now. This has become a cashless event. That's how much money y'all getting. I mean, it's technology, bro. It's 2023. We try to go to, you know, 2030. You know what I'm saying? We want some jets and shit. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So it's the, it's the, the, the RFID bands. And like you connect your your credit card and your information to the bands just so you can walk through like this. You can walk through like boop. Uh, you can walk through uh, like boop. You know what I'm saying? Where your roll is in the sky. Right. If if your if your joint is red, that means something is wrong. If you got if your joint <laughs> is green when you boot, then you all good. You know what I'm saying? Um <laughs> yeah, so what, well, no, 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 Tony, 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 Chris, stop laughing. Cause this is this is where the pod benefits us now. 
Okay. So what uh what what color bracelet will the uh the participants of this pod be uh receiving? Like what what are we talking about here and how much do I have to slide you to get on that stage to be where I need to be? Like I know we, you know, one hand washes the other hand. I'm a support, baby. You already Look, know. I'm it, my it, best. It, it won't be any uh it won't be any reckless sliding of dollars. It won't be any reckless <laughs> dollar sliding. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. What is what is that uh, vendor situation looking like too? I mean, I know I know people want to know what else is going to be happening while you're going from stage to stage. What can people look forward to? Stage this to stage. So, so um, I curated a Chicago market, um, Chicago market. So you get be able to get new fly shit. Uh, fashion geek is out there. Paper planes, robotic minds, uh, Inglewood branded uh, uh, product of Chicago. My man Sean Rose has this dope. Uh, uh, shea, this butter, this shea butter called Nature's Dessert. Gee, I'm just saying, it's like uh, well, you want to eat it, but you can't get the eat earthy it. chicks out there. I see yeah, y'all playing. No, I see what y'all doing. It, 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 it ain't earthy. It's, it's oh, okay. It's a it's a bougie earthy. It's a bougie earthy. Yeah, yeah I feel you. Like let's just call it what it is. It's Chris. It's it's Chris. Right, it's Chris. Okay, right Chris. Yeah, yeah. That's Chris, I, I, I didn't know you was bougie earthy, but hey, Jay, uh, you catch your tail. Right. Um, then uh, Chris big, out there eating granola in Portland. He he he'll take a case of shea butter right now. <laughs> then you got you got Vic. Uh, Vic Mensa is doing a uh, a showing of uh, his uh, cannabis brand called Ninety Three Boys. Or whatever. So that's what the Chicago Shout out market. to Grasshopper Club, June second. He just debuted that at Grasshopper Club. Shout out yep, to Corey and yep. all the people over there. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then you have all your other great Chicago vendors uh, in in the vendor market and and food. Pop the food is going to be crazy. Uh, Cafe Tola, uh, Ruby's is, is is out there. Harold's is out there. Um, uh, what's the, what's that? What's the, what's the the chicken? I forgot about the chicken on the west side. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, Uncle Remus. Harold's. Uh yeah, uh, Uncle, Uncle Remus. Uncle Remus. Yeah, I thought it was yeah, Uncle yeah. Noe or something like that. Well, Uncle Remus. Yeah, the lesser is the lesser Remus. chicken. The lesser chicken. Right, the yeah, lesser yeah, chicken. Yeah, yeah. No diss yeah. to the West Side. I'm just saying. No, all diss uh, to the West Side. Uh, uh, okay, boom. Okay, boom. <laughs> they said it. I did. Well, look, uh, we gonna put that on yeah, Tony too. Don't worry about it. Y'all gotta live. I gotta live. <laughs> right. <laughs> Tony and I hold on the West Side. Like, hold on, y'all. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> K Town ain't letting that ride. All, all type of um, just just vending pop going on. Just like it's it's gonna be great music. It's gonna be community. It's gonna be great people. It's gonna be like you know um, you know like a not 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 freaknik. It's not gonna be freaknik. No no no. It ain't gonna be done. No documentaries being no no. Right. Wholesome, wholesome cocaine wholesome. rap fun. Okay, yes. that's what yes. we're looking for. Exactly. Okay, exactly. Exactly. All right. Exactly. You can all come right. out there and be. Uh, uh, fake college students if you want to however right. you want to do it you know what I'm saying right. whatever if you game see, you run if you want to see old heads and want to see old heads dancing like they off a pill Terry Hunter gonna hey. have the house out there bumping you know what I mean <laughs> Great. change Bob you talking about I, I like they off a pill bro pill okay you see, you see you you anytime a house song come on and a, a person 55 or older hear it tell me they don't get to irking and jerking and nodding yeah you already know you already know I'm already yeah. know I'm already know hey. Shout out to all the people out there who find out who their mamas really were at all the barbecues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're looking at y'all. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. But no, nah, Pop, it's, it's 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 gonna be um what I call a. St- I mean, what we've we've said it's gonna be a stone cold groove, man. It's Saturday and Sunday. Uh, weather look like it's acting right or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 gonna be fun, man. It's it's gonna be a good time. Yeah. It's gonna be. Safe. It's gonna be. You're gonna be able to. You're gonna be able to blow if you want to. You're gonna be able to drink over there. You're gonna be able to get water. You're gonna be able to walk around with a turkey leg. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's just Chicago shit. Exactly. And that's why I wanted to have you on. And that's what I think our purpose here at the Full Go is to give voices on that people don't normally hear from this city, and right. people do hear from this city, but. The other side of the city always doesn't get a chance to hear, right? So, shout out yeah. to everybody involved in this thing. Uh, I am looking forward to it, my man. I am looking forward to being out there. And in any state that you catch me in, just know that it's love, okay? And take care of me when you see me out there. Okay. <laughs> All yes, right? Sir. All yes. right? Because I'm going to have a yes, good sir. time. I am not hiding that. I'm, I, I got to return. Hey, shout, out, shout out to Moore's Beer, too. Moore's is, is, is uh, you know, Black Beer Company. Uh, they're they're mm-hmm. releasing like a, a new beer, new beer that's week uh some some high park brothers or whatever man it's just it's just a lot of black 
black black joy going on out there, man, for the fest. You 100%. know what I'm saying? Hundred like percent. Yeah. On on the, on the Saturday and Father's Day, the the day before Juneteenth. Come on, what what where else do you want to be at? Hey, where, what are we talking about? Hey, and white folks, y'all welcome to come out too. Come on, come no, y'all ass outside. I mean, it's on, it's on the university <laughs> campus, so it's gonna be a couple of white folks. No, I know. No, shout out to all the white right. people we see out there right. nodding their heads to all the two chain songs. Make sure all the lyrics don't right. come out your mouth and enjoy yourself safely. You feel me? That, and I enjoy think that's how I gotta feel. Get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get home safe. Hey, man. Hey, special thanks to you, bro. I appreciate your time, man. Looking forward to seeing you this weekend, brother. For real. Yes, sir, man. I appreciate y'all 100%, man. Much love. Stay safe. Stay fly. How about that? Stay fly. How how can people go get tickets if they haven't already got them? Where do they need to go? HotParkSummerFest.com or or, or follow uh, Hot Park Summerfest on IG. Or when you see Dave Jeff in the street, I'm sure you got some of them wristbands in his trunk. You know, just slide him a couple dollars in. I do not. I do not. I do not. (laughs) I do not have Don't call my phone. Don't text me. Don't hit my wife. Don't hit none of my You get me in, G? I see that. No, I cannot. <laughs> you gonna hear it all? Hey, you gonna have a hundred missed texts? <laughs> Can you get? Hey, hey Dave, it's me. Don't see me on stage having a ball. You know, <laughs> going in and be like, oh damn, you was there. I hit your phone. I didn't see it. Hey, Dave, me and the Stones is on Fifty Second. We making our way down there. Can uh, can you get us in? All is truly well to y'all. All is truly well to y'all, brothers. I love my Stone brothers. Yes, sir. Yes, but, sir. Not, but not this yes, weekend. Sir. On Stone, buy your tickets. <laughs> on Stone, want to support the support the brothers and, and get your tickets. Okay, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank I'm you, Mo. Look, you, you and your Mobitis, you and the Mobitis are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough. That's enough gang shit. That's enough gang okay, shit. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Dave, appreciate you, man. Thank you so much, bro. I will talk to you soon and definitely see you this weekend. Appreciate y'all, man. Peace. Much love. My man Dave Jeff right here on the Full Go Podcast. It's the Full Go That's all the time we have for episode 254 of the Full Go Podcast. I want to thank our guest, Chicago brand curator, uh, entrepreneur, you know, cultural icon, fly brand, my man Dave Jeff. Make sure you guys go out to Hyde Park Summerfest. Enjoy yourselves peacefully uh, with all the music, all the food, all the vibes that the South Side and Hyde Park have to offer. Hopefully that thing comes off without a hitch. Looking forward to seeing y'all out there this weekend. So thanks to Dave Jeff. want to thank our production staff as always, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti. My main man, Tony Gill, and the chief vibes officer of the pod, he is Chris Sutton, uh, the earthy dude. <laughs> Chris Sutton, my main man. So want to thank all of y'all. And of course, thanking you guys for downloading this thing. Thank you guys for sharing this thing, following us, uh, rating and reviewing us, giving us the five stars you know we need. If not, we're going to see you in the streets. Uh, for the rest of the crew, I'm Jason Goff, leaving you with this. As always, take care of each other, be safe, and stay sucker free. We will talk to you on Thursday. Must be 21 and over and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800- Nine with it in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in New York.